0: Hello and welcome. The goal of this podcast is to get listeners connected with others in the sports industry because they say it's all about who you know and now you know us. Hello and welcome everybody. This is your host Connor Shank, and today you're listening to the Constant Sports Podcast. We have a special edition today because we're diving into the sports technology world with my good friend Chris Shreve. Thanks for joining us today Chris.
1: Thanks Connor. Looking forward to getting into it.
0: Yeah it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, the, the past guests we've had are a lot of you know like the, the sports marketing sports agents things of that nature so it would be fun to kind of have the sports technology uh, you know background in it well with your experience uh, with your ad agencies and things of that nature so um, I guess well to start for the viewers uh, listening and watching here Chris actually landed his dream job right out of college with uh, the Seattle Mariners so uh, let's just dive in there, Chris. What what made that your dream job, and maybe why was that your dream job coming out of college?
1: Yeah, I, I played uh, played lots of sports when I was growing up. I mean, my parents I think did a good job of not kind of pigeonholing me into one, you know, one sport. You know, five eleven, you know, wasn't wasn't going anywhere <laughs> in baseball. Uh, certainly not in in football, but uh, baseball I really always had a knack for. Uh, Love the sport. Um, and then also being out here in, in Seattle, Washington, born, raised, went to college out here. Uh, you know, the Mariners in the nineties were were really um, our, our, our team. Yep. Um, so uh, when you think back to Ken Griffey Jr. And the early days of A-Rod and Randy Johnson uh, you oh. know, the nineties, the nineties were, were a big time in sports for Seattle and the Mariners were at the forefront.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that's, so did you kind of go into that in in a college? I'm like okay, so the the Mariners, growing up, that's who I want to work for. That's kind of it. And so did you? Were you connecting with with people in the front office or executives or kind of have that? You know what made you kind of I guess get the job? How did you get into that whole process?
1: Um, so it's a funny story. Um, I I got a, a my first internship in college uh, was a sports PR firm. Um, they came to my class, you know, and when you have guest speakers, a lot of people tune them out, maybe they're not of interest, but I heard sports marketing, you know, sports PR. And so I was really attentive, um, had my, my, uh, my, my very thin resume at the time ready, uh, and went up and talked to the, to the individual who's still a mentor, uh, today, uh, and, and even a strategic advisor to locker room labs, funny enough, um, he uh, he was looking for someone to intern, and and I raised my hand and got my first internship from a class in college, um, and uh, he asked me, he said, hey, do you happen to play baseball? We need an extra person for a softball uh, team that we play on, and little did I know, it was the SVP of marketing for the Mariners, <laughs> now the Sounders, head of ticket sales for Ticketmaster, the head of sports sponsorship for T-Mobile, the stack. Uh, a wild, wild, wild roster, and um, I played with that that softball team for nearly 15 years, uh, uh, from from that day pretty much until now, um, and was lucky enough to meet a, a ton of great people with the Mariners. Um, so what I would say is it was unconventional, um, but you know I, I made sure to put myself out there and to take you know internship opportunities uh, as early as you know freshman sophomore year of college uh, to get that experience. But what I gained was experience in networking and connecting uh maybe more so than the actual marketing internship itself.
0: Right. Yeah, so the reason I ask is a lot of the viewers and listeners are either kind of in that about to graduate or maybe they're in grad school about to graduate that looking for that job and so um you know I'm always trying to ask others who have who have you know completed that, you know, got the job out of college kind of what they did. And a lot of the time I feel like it's something similar to how to how you did it. It's you kind of got to take the step you know, it's not always gonna say, hey, you know, do this, do that. You're gonna to have to, you know, be attentive, go go the extra mile, do things like that. And and it also goes to show, I mean, you like you said, you played on the team for 15 years and the, the person's still a mentor to you. And that just goes to show that, you know, when you find someone find a mentor, mentee, something like that, early on in your career, that it can really last an entire, you know, lifetime in the sports industry, not just in the sports industry, but outside going forward. So I think that's a really cool um, story in and of itself there. That, um, that you still kind of have him as a mentor
1: yeah I I think you don't know when you're going to run into to to that person right yep. and so you know particularly in sports you know everybody wants to be in sports it's hyper hyper competitive um yes applying for jobs through the job boards or teamwork online is is great right like that's that's how you can get your name out there but being um different unique putting yourself out there I mean that's what sports and entertainment is really all about um and so would definitely encourage people to think outside the box you know if you're trying to get that dream job
0: mm-hmm. yep no love it. love that love that and then you uh so you spent some time with the mariners and then you kind of went you know outside the uh, sports world as, as we call it but you were still in the sports world working with teams and organizations and whatnot so uh, give the listeners and viewers what that was like you know working with sports teams or sports businesses but not in you know the quote-unquote sports industry so to speak.
1: Yeah, I, you know, contrary to to popular belief, you know, that, that maybe the best job in sports is not actually with the sports team, right? Um, there's lots of ancillary businesses where you can take, you know, your experience, um, you know, the things that you're passionate about and pair it with sports. Mm-hmm. Um, being out in Seattle, Washington, um, you know, during college and the early part of my career, I was fortunate enough to be a- around a lot of really incredible technology companies, um, and so, you know, I really wanted to be a bit more in the tech space as you know, the marketing, advertising, and overall technology world was you know, booming in the early part of my career. Um, and I really wanted to to be in that kind of hyper growth industry. But I always wanted to keep, you know, sports close, right? It was obviously something that that uh, passionate about when you're younger. but i I, I really, really believe that, you know choosing something in the early part of your career that you love to do that you're good at maybe it isn't come with the huge paycheck right out of the gates mm-hmm. um but but boy is it is it valuable to kind of stick to your your guns and stick to your passions but um I was fortunate enough to to work for several startup companies um within the marketing and advertising technology world um and you know in in the vast wide world uh, of the web, you know, there's a lot of verticals and a lot of industries that you can go after. But um, I decided to focus my efforts on building relationships within the sports uh, vertical, uh, both professional sports teams and other ancillary, you know, businesses as well. And so I was fortunate enough to work for and work with uh, over 10 professional sports teams, you know, helping uh, with ticket sales, marketing, you know, online advertising to drive merchandise sales, uh, digital sports sponsorship marketing. Um, and it really allowed me to take kind of my two uh, key interests, right, personally within sports and professionally within technology um, and start to build my, my network and my career around uh, those experiences.
0: Yeah, perfect. And I think, uh, as you mentioned in the beginning of that, the ancillary businesses that aren't you know the Seattle Mariners, the Cincinnati Reds, you know, legitimate you know sports teams where they use a lot, they outsource a lot, they get a lot of you know marketing and different different companies work within sports. So it's not just when you're applying or wanting to work in the sports industry, like oh you got to go look at your local hometown team and find out what they're doing and if they're hiring. There's thousands of other jobs that still work within sports that aren't you know like I said the actual sports team. So that's that's another place to look for the listeners and viewers that are. You know, in in that, uh, that that space between trying to get a job and looking for a job that um that Chris has mentioned how 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 he's kind of built his career out uh, in that in that uh, aspect. So then uh you, now I guess you're you've kind of exited your your ad agency that you had over there, and now you created Lockroom Labs. And so I kind of want to dive into what Lock Room Labs is and how it can uh, be beneficial for. Sports teams, sports betting, sports, um, fantasy, things of that nature. If you could give us a quick uh, rundown of what uh, Lockroom Labs is.
1: Yeah, and and just briefly, it might be beneficial to you know talk about the the ad agency, you know, just for any entrepreneurs out there looking to you know create their 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 first business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had worked for a couple of advertising companies and had seen you know both the pros and cons of working with a technology business, right. Um, obviously there's lots of efficiencies and bells and whistles and capabilities with technology, but, you know, often um, if there's no human touch uh, in addition to it, you know, it can feel really transactional and, and marketing is is all about eliciting a feeling and a response, you know, from your target audience, whether it's a fan at a stadium or a, a fan at home on their mobile device. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, mid twenties, uh, was uh, was confident enough, uh, maybe cocky uh, to <laughs> some degree to think that, hey, look, I'm going to go start a marketing agency myself. Um, didn't have any concept or understanding of, of what to do, but I, I really was passionate about entrepreneurship. Um, and I felt like maybe there were some different ways that we could, you know, help brands and advertisers in the space, um, you know, provide better marketing strategies and execute better marketing campaigns. And so, um, you know, created the the company with a, a friend from college and a colleague. Uh, once we had graduated, um, your your stereotypical story of working out of <laughs> out of a coffee shop and out of your parents, you know, garage even to a degree. Um, but uh, it was an incredible experience, just putting yourself out there, uh, taking the risk and the leap of faith. You know, um, believing in yourself uh, to go and and uh, and create a business. And you know, over the last seven to eight years. Uh, it's been a wild ride, uh, super exciting to be able to build a company up, you know, to doing a few million dollars in sales, highly profitable, um, and getting to work, uh, with some really great people. Um, but like anything, um, you know, sometimes you feel a pull or a passion towards, you know, something different. Um, you know, I'd encourage everybody to kind of listen to themselves, Right, and when you get to a position where, hey, look, you feel like you're hitting a wall, or you're in an inter- industry or a space where that light goes out, right? That that passion starts to, um, you know, disintegrate. You know, really trying to figure out what that next step is to give you that energy. It works hard, yeah. <laughs> you know, along with everything else we have to do. Right. So, um, I really just said again, I love technology and I love sports. So why not create an agency helping build sports technology? Perfect. Um, literally not much, uh, not much else to it. Uh, I really felt like, um, the sports industry continues to evolve, uh, sports betting in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, is really growing as more and more States come online with online gambling, online betting, online, iCasino casino gaming. Um, there's a huge, huge opportunity when it comes to innovation, Um, I know a lot of people are in the midst of fantasy football leagues, and you're probably still using ESPN or Yahoo, just like (laughs) you did 10, 15, 20 years ago. There's a lot of really cool innovation and a lot of really um, incredible entrepreneurs within the sports space that are looking to create innovative technology. Sometimes they don't know where to go to to help build it, right? Maybe they're not a technical in nature, Mm -hmm. right? I certainly don't know how to to code uh, and build out, you know, technology myself. You know, fortunately, I've I've uh, you know partnered with an incredible team of of software engineers to help me do that. So I really felt like there was a, a ton of growth potential within sports and technology in particular, um, as we kind of evolve uh, things like you know sports betting, uh, daily fantasy sports, uh, and casino gaming in the United States. Um, and so Locker Room Labs is a sports app development company. Uh, it's a, a B2B service based company that offers uh, software engineering resource resources on demand um, to businesses that, you know, maybe don't want to hire and staff an entire tech team in house. Um, they'd rather outsource it to focus on kind of their core area of the business right. um, or even established companies. That are having a tough time hiring quality talent who have experience in sports.
0: Understood. And then uh, on another uh, show you were on recently, you mentioned uh, an ebook that you and your team are coming out with. So what? Uh, I guess what, what's the ebook? How how is it beneficial for uh, I guess the your audience to to maybe read or pick up on?
1: Yeah, uh, software engineering is not the most <laughs> desirable topic for people to to read about, right, or to talk about, to listen to. Um, and so, Lockroom Labs is is really uh, been created to um, you know offer content that's more digestible about something that's inherently really, really technical.
0: Yep.
1: And so, uh, we are coming out with an ebook uh, next week, uh, first week of October. Um, leading up to G2E, which is the Global uh, Gaming Expo yep. um, in Las Vegas, uh, it's going to be about the pros and cons of hiring in-house versus outsourcing for sports technology companies. Um, a really kind of expansive read on um, why you should or should not hire a team in-house, what the pros and cons are, the difficulties of hiring in today's you know current uh, economic environment. Right. Uh, as well as outsourcing, you know, do you outsource to a team overseas, um, which has its challenges and complications, um, and you know, is there another option? Uh, we hope that other option is Locker Room Labs, you know, a team of U.S.-based engineers who love sports, who are experienced in building sports technology. Um, but for us as a business, we really wanted to lead with content and thought leadership and provide value to the space. Um, through our experiences, and and through, um, you know, through content. And so we think the ebook is going to be, you know, really our big um, entrance into the space, you know, really solidifying ourselves as a leader, and someone who can, um, you know, provide great value uh, to companies without being overly salesy, mm-hmm. uh, and and falling into the trap that many B2B companies and even software engineering companies fall into which is sell 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 sell, instead of providing value first
0: right yeah no i love that it's great timing that uh your team executed on that and i want to get your thoughts on touched on it a little bit but the sports betting sports gaming industry so where do you see you know the sports betting industry going here in the next you know the near future three to five years
1: yeah i i um you know, we're we're, in, we're an upstart new company that's that's uh that's shaking things up a little bit. Um, I think that all of the large casinos, I think that all of the large you know online sportsbook operators who control the majority of the market mm-hmm. are going to have to innovate, or uh, new upstart companies are going to start to take market share. Yeah. Um, we we can't continue to look at sports books that have 10,000 bets, you know, where you can't make sense of any of it, right? Or, um, you know, DFS platforms with the same, you know, with the same uh, weekly contests, with the same weekly, uh, you know, affiliate marketing uh, campaigns, you know, deposit $5 and get $100. I, things are going to have to change. People expect more engagement. They expect a, a greater user experience, um, and so I I think that uh, right now is an incredible time for new innovative companies that have really cool data analytics that look at the sport in a different way to provide maybe an edge against the house for casual or professional sports betters, um, and then just more fun games yeah. that you can play with your girlfriend or wife at home or. You know your buddies that you normally do a fantasy you know pool with. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do something a little different, I think um, I think you're going to start to see more companies kind of change the 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 old way of betting and um, consuming sports content in the near future.
0: Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Looking forward to it. And then, what are maybe some sports apps or sports technology that you know the casual viewer might not know um, that are in the sports industry that are being used on a day to day basis? with teams or businesses or ad agencies or things like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of them, right? Um, I think, uh, you know, Sleeper has done an incredible job yep. from a fantasy sports perspective, challenging the Yahoo Sports and ESPNs of the world. You know, if you are a, a, a sports fan out there, you're most likely playing fantasy sports, uh, fantasy football with your work, your friends, I know that we all like the easy, simple tools (laughs) of ESPN and Yahoo, but there are better uh, options out there, right? Like a sleeper. Um, When it comes to sports betting, um, I want to give a shout out to rhythm. Um, They have been doing a ton of great marketing and around their platform, which allows you as the individual user to put in what your gut tells you about a game, what you think about are the most core components of Uh, an actual kind of betting system. So you get to create your own custom theory uh, within an app and it will spit out, Hey, these are the games that meet your qualifications, right? If you love offense, if you love defensive lines, if you like X, Y, Z, you put it into a tool and it spits out games that skew towards, you know, your, your personalized betting strategy. So instead of going through a sports book and saying, I think this team might cover. <laughs> you can use personalized you know AI and machine learning to be able to to create custom models. Um, and then there's so many other cool uh, you know data visualization technologies out there. Um, I talk to probably five to ten companies a week that are either trying to raise money to create a new idea or who are looking to kind of get their their technology off of the ground. Um, And, and I certainly hope a lot of them make it because there are some cool ideas out there that the the, both the casual sports fan and the sports better um, would really benefit from.
0: Yeah, that's, that's something that I think will be very interesting to see and play out. And I wanted to get your thought quickly, because you mentioned it in there. But as far as AI goes, how do you see AI and Maybe it's not new in the sports industry, but how do you see that affecting the sports industry, sports technology going forward?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, what, what I tell people is that AI is in our daily lives, mm-hmm. you know, and companies have been using AI and machine learning for years, yeah, right? right? When you type something into Google, you know, why is it that you get a certain list <laughs> of things that are recommended to you, right? When you, uh, you know, click on a pair of shoes, put it in your, your, uh Uh, your bin, and and, hey, look, you decide not to to buy it. What happens the next day? You start seeing those shoes everywhere, (laughs) right? That's AI, that's machine learning, that's data. But what I think is changing is that now we, the user, the consumer, have access to AI platforms. We can actually use it to inform our decisions. Now, the complexity is, is that data and information right? Mm -hmm. Is it is it quality content and information? Should we be using AI to write all of our papers in school and all of our blogs and our job? I don't know that it's there yet, uh-huh. but I do think that AI is everywhere. And um, those of us that figure out how to harness it and use it in a beneficial way to improve uh, you know, what we're doing now or to increase efficiencies, I think that's really where it's at for the common, you know, user, Um, but it's going to continue to evolve. And I think knowing how to leverage it in your daily work life, it can only be impactful and beneficial so long as it's not replacing you learning on your own, right, and consuming data and gathering experiences you know, writing, present all of those things. It's still super important, um, but it's, it's here, it's coming. And, and uh, being able to harness that, I think is going to be uh, the most important kind of challenge we face in the next few years.
0: Definitely. And then as we um, kind of started to wrap up here, as you mentioned, you got the ebook coming out here in a week or so, you're going to the G2E conference. What's uh, what, what does the end of the, the rest of the quarter look like for locker room labs going forward?
1: Yeah, we're we're really really excited. Um, the, the the conversations that we're having as a new company with large international sports books, with new innovative startup companies, with data analytics uh, businesses that are in need of uh, you know software engineering resources and just hands on keyboard to help them you know execute on their technology vision. Um, we're going to be working on some really really cool exciting um, projects and technologies here uh, in the near future. Um, and then really, it's just growing and scaling the team, um, bringing on more uh, engineers who have uh, you know, a knack for sports, mm-hmm. um, who love building innovative technologies and products and want to be a part of something new. Um, you know, if, if standing up a company is one thing, seeing it grow, seeing it scale, and bringing on new people along for the ride is another. Um, so really excited, uh, you know, for things like the ebook to come out. Uh, for new content partnerships to come out to continue having conversations like this mm-hmm. um, and to to continue to get kind of our name out there but um, technology is not stopping and uh, the level of innovation uh, is not slowing down and that requires you know uh, sophisticated software engineering resources to be hands-on keyboard building these technologies and you know we hope to be that uh, that resource for for any company that needs it.
0: Definitely yeah and as we close here, Chris, thanks for joining us today and sharing your insight on the sports, technology, business uh, industry here. And at, like I said, as we close, could you give the, the listeners and viewers who are starting early out in their career or, or maybe they're at their first or second job some advice on um, just the, just, I guess, being in the uh, the adult world, you know, going day to day work and maybe entrepreneurship, just your thoughts on starting starting in your career.
1: I would say, you know it may be a little cliche, but create a ten year plan and work backwards. Yeah. Um you know, there there's there's the saying, right? It's like people uh, overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in ten.
0: Yeah.
1: um it really, really is true. Um yeah, work sucks when you're younger, and you got to go get the coffee for your boss and you have to you have to be the one working on weekends, you know, at the, at the booth or go into the conference. Um, but if you have a plan and if, if those things help you get to that next level, um, you know, that's really where you can separate from everybody else who has their blinders on looking at this job and this task and this project, take a look at that five to 10 year plan and start to work backwards. You'll be amazed at what you can achieve in that amount of time.
0: Yeah. I love that idea working backwards and giving yourself a roadmap and kind of a game plan of you know, where you're going and how you're going to get there. So uh, thanks again for your thoughts today. And Chris, where can uh, the listeners and viewers find Locker Room Labs or find um, yourself going forward?
1: At lockerroomlabs.com, we do have a blog uh, where we're writing new content about sports technology every single week. Um, Encourage people to reach out on LinkedIn, uh, super active on LinkedIn, sharing content, um, you know, about the sports technology space in general, but also some more granular Uh, information around you know software engineering uh, sports tech app development uh, if that's your thing but uh, yeah find me over on LinkedIn I would always love to chat uh, and expand on this conversation with anybody that uh, you know this information resonated with so uh, appreciate the opportunity Connor and uh, hope to chat with some of you down the road
0: yeah no appreciate it thanks thanks Chris for jumping on today and uh, shout out to the listeners and viewers who uh, we're here for another episode, and like I said, we we've been talking with Chris Shree from Lockroom Labs today. And uh, you can find this episode on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can find your podcasts and shows. So thanks again for listening and tuning in today, and we'll see you guys next week.